For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life, hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you insurgency up, in their lives. You fire me up, Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Remember when you're in the theater and you heard it and you stand up on your seat, right? And you start screaming, Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. Even when that song comes on on the radio, I'll put both hands on the wheel. You know, you kind of start driving faster and just everything gets quiet in the car. Then when it's off. Everybody goes back to talking. (laughs) Being normal, like, no, no, shut up. No talking right now. Now, the reason why we get so fired up when we hear that is because it's about the ultimate underdog, dude, right? Rocky was the, right, Wizard? I mean, he's the pinnacle of the underdog. He's the guy that no matter what kind of beating he takes, he gets back in the ring right he got back in the ring with creed he got back in the ring with who marcus mr t clubber lang mm. my favorite mm. and the fabulous thunderlips i pity the f- <laughs> he did do that <laughs> and speaking of nicknames have you seen the documentary on the the real rocky no oh man they called him the bayon bleeder he's a real boxer and um, he wrestled Andre the Giant. That's where. That's where that came from. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, he actually fought Ali, the no Bayon Bleeder. The Bayon Bleeder. Yeah, and he it, was it, the uh, real scar tissue on his face. Yeah. And so during the fight, man, it would break open. He would just bleed. bleed. But, yeah, but he Chuck get, Webner. Yeah, Webner. Chuck Webner, man. <laughs> you can literally trace his life in kind of the Rocky saga as well. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Well, the reason we all love. Rocky is because he's the underdog and and that's such a great movie man they did a a good job because it captured everything oh everything screenplay was phenomenal from the bottom and coming out on top and losing it and then coming back and 
everything. Well, dude, I, what I love is his is is Sylvester Stallone's story, and we're hopefully going to get him on yeah. the show one of these days. That's a right? Great story. Is is his story and that screenplay story where they were going to take the movie from him, yeah. but he said, "No, I, I'm playing the guy. It's me. It's my role. It's my life." And he got it, and it changed his whole life. Yeah, and talk about a guy that was chips in trying to sell it. You heard the story of his dog? Oh, he dog. sold his dog. He sold yeah, his dog. That's, that's an incredible story. And how about the jackass that sold yeah, him his dog right? back for like 2000 yeah. bucks after the movie did well? 2000 It was for like $50,000. No like, It was way. a huge, yeah. No. That no, was just 100000 <laughs> It's like $2.5 million. Yeah, it was $2.5 million. Well... You know who else did that? Didn't uh, Matt and Ben do that with Goodwill Hunting? I don't know. They wrote that and they tried to get somebody else to do it, but they were like, no, nah, it's kind of it's our story. We- no, yeah, they did. They wanted to play it for sure. But, and it was because, what? It was because um, uh, Matt had gotten uh, his first giant role, like the talented Mr. Ripley or something, and that gave him the ability and to do it. That was great. It. They knocked yeah. it out of the park. That was good. Yeah, although that's one of my, I watch that movie all the time, man. Robin the, Williams? The, the Harvard bar scene is. Oh, uh, since Morgan got picked up for Harvard, we're, yeah. let's go. We'll go up there and see if we can. <laughs> How about them apples? Uh, yeah, let's see if we can. Get... But who's gonna be My the boy smart? Boy is wicked smart. Hey, wicked smart. <laughs> who's gonna be the bug? Smart. <laughs> the oh, reason uh, we love Rocky <laughs> is because he's from Philly, and our guest today is the real story of the great underdog man. When I went, to, I played Absolutely. lacrosse at Penn State, and most of the guys I played with were from the Philly area. And these guys were, all right, they were kind of assholes sometimes, but in the most (laughs) part, they were hard-charging, tough guys, right? My one buddy, Mike Buzza, who was like five foot five, was on the under-19 all-world team. He played, went on, he became captain of our team. He went on and played. He was on the, uh, the, the Philadelphia Wings. He won a world championship with them. And he's five foot five. And he's just hard as nails, man. And that's what Hmm. Philly produces. And so that's why our guest today, I am so incredibly fired up to get Vince on, to have him here, that it's going to blow our listeners away. There's no doubt our listeners today are in store for a real underdog story treat. And, and, And I love the fact, too, Marcus, that... What we're doing is we're setting a precedent that doesn't happen a lot, I think, on any show out there to actually have a guy on the show that has something more in common with you than just about anybody else out there that isn't a frogman. He actually had Mark Wahlberg play him in real in in his life story. That's going to be fun. Does that trip you out a little bit, dude? Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see how it plays out. I'm just... I like this is one of those face to face guys too. If we get him in here and do that, because I talked to Mark about it and he he loves that guy. He said he's all time, so it's gonna be fun. But it's it's it, gonna yeah, be it's awesome. crazy, though, right? I mean, especially when you say it out loud. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg played me in a, in a movie about our boys. That that's crazy, man. That is crazy. It's awesome, is what it is. And and you know, I think they all did because you guys were there and they felt the importance. And then Peter and what he did. I mean, oh, he, man, you can't. He's the man. There's nobody else would have done it like he did. No, no. I mean, and I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the commitment he had to getting it right and learning. Totally. And just, we sucked him into the our our world. 
And he went on board with a smile on his face. That's what I love about Peter. Went overseas to Iraq. Oh, I mean, just epic. Love you, Pete. Good job on that, brother. All right. So here's the deal. If you, if this is the first time you're joining us at the Team Never Quit podcast, well then, welcome aboard, shipmate. And I'm telling you what, you got something in store for you that's going to blow you away. Our mission, the mission of the three of us is to show you the way to developing your never quit mindset. Show you the way that you can learn how to face adversity, to overcome the obstacles in your life when the negative insurgency is beating the snot out of you like Clubber Lang did. Right. That's why we're here. That's what we do. If you're coming back and this is your repeat offender with her, then what do we got to say to them, Marcus? Thanks for coming back. Right. <laughs> Thank you for coming back, because without you guys, we would not be able to have the success we're having to be able to do the things, to be able to bring the level of guests that we're able to bring on without your commitment to us. So we love you. If you want to know more about what we do, why we do it, and how we do it, please visit our website at tnqpodcast.com. That's tnqpodcast.com, where, by the way, you now can find some TNQ Podcast swag, man. Mm -hmm. We have it up, some t-shirts, some merchandise for you, baby, and you are going to love it. We design this stuff ourselves. We get together. Wizard is a master craftsman, a true artiste, if you will. Uh, I you, like sir. to, uh, and I was an art major in college, but I don't have the skill sets he does, which is which is is profound. And all the artwork that you see, our cover art that you see every single amazing new issue or new uh, uh, release, that's by the Wizard. So you ought to give a shout out to him whenever you can. Our first team team guy is team loadout. It is. I mean, we're first time together. Everyone's been asking for it. We finally got it online. So now everybody's in the same uniform. Dude. <laughs> Dude, right? Yeah, right. Um, also, oh, and by the way, here's the deal. You can actually start following the wizard online on Instagram at the oh. underscore wizard underscore TNQ. So get on board. Follow him along with me at Team Never Quit and Marcus at Marcus Latrell. And we also have a new Instagram page for the show itself, which is at TNQ Podcast. So follow us along as we show you the antics of this crew and what we get into day in and day out. If you are feeling up to it, we would love for you to contribute your greatest never quit story to our page to become a part of our team and because we're growing this great, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for, wizard? It's a community. This great community of never quitters, right? And so yeah. when you post your story, we're going to post it on the website. If it's good, we're going to read it on the show. And if it's great, Marcus. Coming on. You're coming on with us to be a guest. And we've had uh, three, two guests so far that have, were listeners. And you you could be the third. All right. Now, if you want to find us, want to listen, you can listen on the website on tnqpodcast.com. Just download us there. You can, of course, go to iTunes, where most people listen to us. Just uh, search on your iTunes podcast app. Search Team Never, and we'll pop up first one. Hit subscribe, and you've got us around the clock. You can also find us on all other podcasting apps uh, for Android and the iPhone. All right.
Wizard, mm. would you please read a little background on Mr. Vince Papali? Mr. Invincible himself, baby. Yeah, you're probably already familiar with uh, a good part of his story just because of the uh, the 2006 Disney film with starring Mark Wahlberg, Invincible, telling the story. But the biggest thing that you kind of take away from Vince is he was never a superstar athlete, you know, and we'll highlight that starting out here, but extremely talented. For example, he didn't start playing football, basketball, or running track and field until his senior year in high school, That's which crazy. he lettered in all three. That's crazy. Additionally, he's he, got some wheels on him, doesn't he? Super wheels. Yeah. Um, well, in tra- he actually picked up pole vaulting his senior year. Pole vaulting, Marcus. I want to see you pole vault. That could be all kinds <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah. Can we do dude? that? I, can we set up a pole vault? I'm so damn back? heavy, man. I'm. <laughs> We'll get a double. We'll tape three together. We'll get break halfway through. We'll tape three of them together. <laughs> After on. we get done, we're going to go back, back pull vault t- over the pool. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, please. Hey, can we? Get some Not PVC pipe. And we'll, you know what? We'll get the spear out that wizard sliced himself oh, open yeah, with, that's too. That's a great so idea. So you'll pull vault and have to spear a target on the way over the box. Yes. out. <laughs> He's like, yes. Hog spear you? in right hand, pull vault, grip left hand. <laughs> it could work. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry for the interruption. I just have That's that just picture. Success in my- written all over it. It does. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't done it already. <laughs> Let's just stop talking and go do that now. All right. <laughs> go. And I'm out. <laughs> this is me signing all off. Right, Probably so never he signed actually, back in after He does well enough in pole vaulting. He gets himself a scholarship to St. Joseph's where he goes to school. He does pretty well through his career there. He graduates with a uh, Master's of Science in Marketing and Management. He comes out of there, becomes a teacher back at uh, Innerboro High School where he had graduated from. And this is sort of where the, his phase of semi-pro, which isn't, this isn't brought up in the movie itself. No. But he started out in, during the 72 and 73 season with the Aston Green Knights, which is a semi-pro I love those football guys. team on the Seaboard Football League. I love those guys. And I while he was doing them. this, he was, uh, like I said, he was a teacher as well as the junior varsity coach back at Innerboro High School. Now, in the 74-75 season... He moved up and played with the Philadelphia Bell, which is in the World Football League, as a wide receiver. And then in 1976, and this is where the movie picks up, Dick Vermeil was the new coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. And they had a Of the famed USC Trojans, by the way. He won a bunch of championships there. I'm pretty sure that's when OJ played for him. Like, they were insane, hmm, the, man. The juice? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, USC back in those days. They were insane. They were the best team. One of the best teams well, in the country. And that's probably, maybe that's why he moved up to the NFL the soon no, after got that, up right? To the Eagles, yeah. So, but when he got there, they had this all-comers tryout, which was, I'm sure, at least a certain degree, uh, kind of a, pr- a promotional it was a promo, stunt. Yeah. It was a promotional stunt where anybody in the city could come out and try out for the team. The guy with a cape was epic. Yeah, he was. <laughs> epic. <laughs> was it Captain Chaos from Cannonball Run? Dun, dun, dun. Dom DeLuise. He's on the sideline with that cape on, dude. He comes in, special teams. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dude, you getting us in Cannonball Run, bud? I am. You promise? Like, I've never asked for anything. And, and when I go out there to hang out with Pete, he, every now and then, you know. Yeah. This is it. I'm pulling in the... Dude, a cameo for, for us. Like, we're yeah. the cops, cops out on the, something. in the road in the middle of El Paso or something, something coming man. through Texas. They do that right. I mean, everybody will be in it. Everybody. Be the ultimate cameo movie. Ultimate. When when my favorite are are the Lamborghini scenes, right? Uh, oh, my brother and I, every now and again, well, even in, when we were going through uh, Tactical Drive in the Ron Hall... <laughs> 
sitting there. And remember that when them two rednecks in that truck? If you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. <laughs> up that hill in that dually. And we do that yeah. essay all the time. Oh, going to be a bear, God. be a grizzly. Oh, God, dude. Oh, I love it. All right, so how, tell us about making the Where team. Were we? So he tries out for the team, and I think much to everyone's surprise, including himself, they actually found a player through this tryout process, and it was, and it was Vince. He ends up becoming the oldest NFL rookie in history, 30 years old, That's and cool. he had never played a down one? of college football. I'm sorry, is, was he the only one picked up out of everybody who yeah. tried it? The yeah. only one? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. oh I yeah. I know because of the movie, it was concentrated on him, but I didn't know if anybody yeah, else. Yeah, no, only okay, him. him, yeah. <laughs> Thir- but 30 years old, makes an NFL team, and has never, never played. played a down of, of football. Co- of college football prior to that. And during this, he was, you know, he, I guess he had been cut back on his time as a teacher. He was working as a part-time bartender, a nightclub doorman. A sub- he was substituting as a teacher every now and then. Um, and then this happens to him. He ends up, he plays wide receiver for him, special teams. He does 41 out of 44 regular season games. He's there for three years um, and until 1979 where he, due to a sh- shoulder injury, it, it ends his career right there. After the NFL, he works in radio and television broadcasting for about eight years and then moves into commercial mortgage banking. Um, mm, currently, that's regional director. The same. Uh, yeah, yeah, teacher, commercial <laughs> yeah, mortgage banking. Smart move, Vince. Right? Eventually becoming regional director of marketing and a senior account executive for Sally May. So. Dude, I, lo- I I had dinner with him a few weeks ago at, at the Union Club in Philly, man. It's three-hour dinner, one of the funnest nights of my whole life. You guys are going to absolutely love this guy. What do you say we get him on this show? Let's do it, man. Absolutely. Marcus, man, dude, I got to tell you, I played football from the time I was four years old, man. And and I got to tell you, man, I watched every single game on Sunday. I Especially, man, the late 70s where my, all my coaches were wearing, like, spot belt, like, cleats and their old bike. Remember those old bike, bike, bike shorts? The old bike shorts, and they'd have their huge giant jaw in, and, and I had the feathered hair, and I, and I wore the spatted cleats, and I had the, the towel on my... On my, you know, in front of me because I was a quarterback and wanted to look just like the awesome guys from the late seventies. Hoop socks. Oh, all the way up, dude. All the way. Brother, brother. So when when you gotta understand, man, running into this guy now for multiple reasons, but first and foremost, I you know I remember his story back in the day. The the, the epitome of the underdog, the epitome of somebody that just is. One of us, right? The guy that you never thought could do it, does it to prove to the rest of us that you can. And then the other part that is so fired up is when the hell in history will there ever be a a podcast show where one of the podcast hosts was portrayed by a famous guy and the guest you had on was portrayed by the same famous guy. Right. Yeah, he's had he's had a great great run. I mean, doing what he did back in the day that kind of let all of us have that feeling like we could do it too. We could make totally. it, man. He's as long as you get out and hustle. And then, uh, sure, the Wahlberg connection. We're family. 
<laughs> and you look just like the dude who played me. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's get him on and start this thing because this is going to be one of my favorites all time. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome the great Vince Papali. Sir, thank you so much for being here. Oh my God! I, I'm just so jacked. I just uh, I just posted up. I said I feel right now talking to you guys like I'm playing against the Dallas Cowboys. I have the pregame jitters. I can't I can't even believe that I'm talking to three seals guys that I admire so much in the world. And Marcus, you, you hit it right. Uh, you, you said hustle, man, and that's the word, and that's the big word for uh, for Doug Peterson winning the Super Bowl. And David, you gotta, <laughs> man, you have a, you need a little bit more passion, dude. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? that's what well, I'll tell you what, man, you got me so fired up. So I, I had, I, I did an event, a speaking event at the Union League uh-huh. in Philly a couple, oh, yeah. uh, about a month ago, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, You've done a bunch right. there. Yep. And, and one of the guys of the, the client is good friends with Vince. And so he arranged it for us to have dinner together. And he and I, for three hours, were just like a couple of schoolgirls back and forth, back and forth, man. And it was so awesome, dude, that it was just like, I I knew, I was like, Vince, you got to come on this show, bro. I just knew it was going to be phenomenal, man. So I'm super fired up today. Is great too. To, uh, tell me about the tell me about the sneakers you were wearing in the union league. They almost wouldn't let you have dinner there, right? <laughs> <laughs> you wear those red sneakers. I was wearing my red whoobies, man. Whoobies, yeah. dude. You could. It's my buddy Tony. Those are actually a guy named Tony who's a Green Beret invented that company with Tim Kennedy, and those are like a specialized, co- you know, canvas thing. And no, I, those are. I'm proud to wear those, but they almost kicked me out, dude. And Vince is like, "Come on, man." Come on, a guy's a Navy <laughs> SEAL. You can't kick him out. <laughs> I would love to see him try. That would have been beautiful. So, oh, awesome. That's worth the price of admission for sure. For sure. Yeah, right. All right. Well, Vince, bef- before we get going, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this thing, man, we've got to do a little warm up, right? A little pregame, mm-hmm. a little, little up down drills, but for your prefrontal cortex, man. And, and the way we do that, the way we're going to get you limbered up, the way we're going to stretch out that hammies, right, right of your occipital lobe, is we are going to give you what we call the Mad Minute, baby. Oh, I can't the wait. Mad right. Minute. Now, the That's Mad cool. Minute in, in our world is usually done when we wrap some, we go up, we hit a compound, we, the first guy we pull up, we, we give him this minute of questions, fast and furious questions that are, are going to determine the safety or whatever of the rest of the operation. Well, for us, this determines the flow and the rapport for the rest of the show. So you better stand by because these questions are serious, Vince. Okay, can't wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Is everybody wizard? Wizard, you ready? Yeah, man. Marcus, you ready? Yep. All right, Vince, you ready? I'm ready. Born All ready. right, Marcus, fire away. All right, where is the best dive bar? <laughs> the best dive bar? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's oh, in good. Philadelphia? Oh, without <laughs> a doubt. It's without a doubt. It used to be Max's. Right now, it's going to. I actually, uh, it's, it's going to change its name. It's going to be the Tumble Inn, but uh, just a great spot. Great. And and also the uh, the Rosewood Tavern, right in Philadelphia, what they use as part of the seat. I would say the Rosewood Tavern. It's right there, man. It's it's Philly to a T. One. Yeah, right. that is, right. man. And now, listen, if you if you haven't drank in Philly, 
then you really haven't drank anywhere, man, because... Pretty bro, sure I have, because I don't remember. <laughs> Dude, I went to one. Penn State, and all the guys I played lacrosse with were from were from Philly area, dude. So we'd go there on weekends to see their families, and I don't remember half of my college experience because of that. Oh, I, man, there's... Um, Mojo linked up with a couple of the officers down there, and we call them the Joes. Yeah. I, I mean, anytime I head into Philly, we give them a heads up that we're coming in, man, and... I, you, they give the best guided tour around Philly that you could ever have. Because <laughs> they I mean, grew up there. They're oh, from man, there. Police officers, well, they just take us down in and, and get to see that city the way that the people who are who live there get to see it. That kind of deal, the ins and yeah. outs, man. And, and every time you go up to Philly, just the history there and the people, it's just, it's amazing. They got a store there called Boyd's, too. It was the first men's store I ever went into where they had a you know, nice yeah. clothes. I was yeah. allowed in there. <laughs> <laughs> I got my, that's funny. You said that when I found out I was going to start speaking, the first suits I got was at Boyd's, you know, most of the stuff I'd get like the bizarre of all nations, but I had to put that <laughs> uniform on. Marcus, when you guys, and of course, David, when you come into Philadelphia, you're looking to set your hair on fire and cause a wreck. You better make sure you call me. Cause I can, Oh, yeah, you're on speed dial now, man, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Wizard, fire away. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on that and ask you the age old question about Philadelphia. Where's the best place to get a Philly cheesesteak? Well, they oh, got Pats and Geno's, Geno's, which are the yeah, the two places in Passyonk Avenue that everybody talks about. But uh and then there's Tony Luke, the guy in the movie that was a Cape uh, Cape guy, if you're looking for a roast pork sandwich, you gotta go to Tony Luke's. But I gotta <laughs> tell you the uh, the best <laughs> I think the best cheesesteak in Philadelphia, Wizard is uh on third and south um and it's uh, called jim's jim's steaks uh did you say the guy that was wearing the cape from the movie yeah yeah, uh, yeah. i was thinking about him when we right before we even started talking so he, he's a he owns that restaurant he owns <laughs> tony, luke's, yeah, tony luke's restaurants yeah his name his name is tony <laughs> luke and i'll never forget that great scene he said man i'm in the best shape of my life you know is he, <laughs> and, and, and he has the doey doey in his hand it was so cool that's, that's that's my man tony luke and unfortunately he just lost his son to opioids and uh so oh, we're saying man. prayers for him every day he's he's quite a man but uh, that would be a place to get your roast pork and provolone gotta have yeah. the provolone man. and cheese whip we'll, whatever it is you gotta have the whip. we're trying to fix that problem right? too not to go yeah. down that yeah. rabbit hole man but we're, well god bless him yeah. and his family for sure all right what do you got man i, I got it right now all right, if Vince, if you could go back in history, in sports history, right, uh -huh. and get to hang out with any great sports person, modern day, past history, throughout, whatever, and just learn their secrets and what made them so great, who would it be? Well, without a doubt, it was my idol, Tommy McDonald. Uh, he was an Okie. He, was, he went to Oklahoma. It was back in those days when Bud Wilkinson had, I think he ran, what, 50 games in a row in college? Yep. And Tommy was my idol. Uh, he's in the NFL Hall of Fame. And, and uh, there was that little guy, you know, the, the guy that's 5'7", five, 5'8", five, being told he couldn't have it. And, man, if I mm. could just spend some time with him. Uh, he was he, he was out there, OD baby, and uh, <laughs> I would I would, I would love to have, I would love to have hanged with him. That's and, cool. Uh, yeah, so so that's my guy, Tommy McDonald. And if awesome. I were to play golf with somebody, I'd like to hang out with uh, Bubba Watson. Yeah, that would be the, uh, I'd love to play around the golf with Bubba Watson. He was supposed to be hilarious, wasn't he? Yeah, he's a good oh, dude. Oh my God, they they say he's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's awesome. I've always heard that. Fire away, Marcus. All right, what? Mark Wahlberg role would you like to play out? 
<laughs> in real life? In real life. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't even lure me into Boogie Nights. I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> he won't say it publicly. Oh, God. That's so <laughs> epic, dude. I was praying you were going to say that. Oh, my God. Hey, I'm glad I didn't let you down. Hopefully, um, everybody correlates me and you to every role he's played, including that particular <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. Oh, you know, I, I, I really, aside from, I have to tell you a funny story about, you know, after we do this lightning round, I'll tell you about when he pulled me in and says, dude, I thought doing your movie was the toughest I ever did, but, and he put the butt in. Yeah. I think if I were to play any role that Mark was playing right now or any role he's been in, I would like, to, I like that Transformer thing. Yeah, you know, it'd be f- fun. He's, yeah. he's got that new movie out that's coming out. I know he was uh, he's shooting it down in Bogota. That looks pretty bad. Twenty two mile or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Was, I went out and visited, uh, hung out with him for a while. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go. All right, all right. Wizard, go ahead. All right, dream career. If you uh, weren't doing what you're doing now or have done in the past, what dream career would you pick to have uh, gone through? What dream career? Oh, my God. Um, th- that's pretty cool. I, I would probably think uh, I'd sort of like to be an analyst uh, for like a Tony Romo. You know, I mean, there's a guy that I didn't like as a player and I didn't like him as a fan. And and I find him to be the most funny. And I think one of the best announcers on TV right now. I, think I, I like to be an analyst. I, I like to be an analyst for an NFL game because I did it. I, I did it in the, uh, the USFL, the Philadelphia Stars. And I was in the booth for a couple of years and I did it for radio. And to me, that's the coolest thing in the world to do, to just go up and, and see a game the way uh, they call the game the way you see it, you know, the way you look at it from your vision. I mean, you guys, when you go in, I'm mm. sure when you go in any kind of a mission, whatever it is, you see things that the normal person would never see. Totally. And, and I think I think I had that's one of the reasons I made the uh, the Eagles, because I could read the defense and I never saw defenses before. But I just had that vision. And, mm. and I wish I could have translated that into a broadcasting career. All uh, some of uh, some of the best that's ever out there from the NFL. So. Yeah, that would be the deal. I, that that would be the one wizard. I'd like to be a, a, a an NFL um, analyst on on NFL football. Oh, that's cool. awesome, man! What yeah, a great. There, I mean, there's a difference between knowing the play and knowing the players. Oh, that's, man, that's that's a gift when you can step back and see it unfolding in front of you. And Romo, you're right. He he he's got a knack for this man. He he is good. He's good. He's just getting started too. I mean, yep. as he evolves oh, in that in that career, he's gonna do well. Well, well he's be- got a show. Oh, I'm sorry. He's got a show coming out again in, in Dallas, you know, in the middle of the summer. I don't know if you're going to be there, Marcus, and, and you guys there and, and, and David and Wiz. But uh, I'm going to be out there for that as well. You know, here's two guys that, you know, you just when you're when you're an Eagle fan here, you just freaking hate the Cowboys. You know? <laughs> said, no, oh, yeah, you guys hate everybody. <laughs> no, nah, well, we like you guys, you know, but, you know, but that's, that's the first that's that's one of the first things to say. You teach a kid fly Eagles fly. I hate the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, was, this, uh, these kids that know that, but. You know, but you got to respect them and do what they do, and especially guys like Tony Romo and Emmett Smith, and they're getting to know these guys. I'm pretty excited about it. So anyway. That's awesome. All right, all right. Here's next question for me. Okay. If, if what is the greatest moment in Philadelphia history? The greatest moment in Philadelphia history, other than uh, when we uh, when we beat the British in the Revolutionary War, uh, <laughs> and ben, be Frank, right. ben Franklin was uh, Ben Franklin was sailing a kite in the middle of a thunderstorm, and he got struck by lightning. <laughs> uh, that I mean, that shows you where the mentality of the Eagles fans are coming from. I would, uh, <laughs> without a doubt, it was February fourth, two thousand eighteen, the Woo! Super Bowl champion Philadelphia, the Invincible Super Bowl champion Philadelphia oh. Eagles, and 
and I, I'm getting the honor of announcing their draft picks on uh, on uh, on Saturday. Oh, at the, Vince! At, at, at the Liberty Bell of all places, right in Constitution Center, right yeah. right or, right across from the uh, the FBI building. So it's going to be well, pretty cool. It's going to be fun. Well, I, yeah. I definitely, when we get in later on, I definitely want to talk about your relationship with Coach and the team and what you saw because right. your insights that you shared with me were so profound on what makes a great team great, and I think that's relative mm-hmm. to today's mm-hmm. show for sure. All right, Marcus, well, you, last you, Go ahead. Sorry, Vince. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you guys right there, the three of you, uh, you're perfect examples of what makes a, a team great, a great team great. And you're we get awesome. into that, but I'll tell you, there's that one word, and it starts with a T, ends with a T. R-U-S-T, trust. It's all about Amen. trust. Amen. Belief, in, belief in the guy next to you. All right, Marcus, last question. Fire away. We got to hear it. What was your first purchase after your movie came out? <laughs> first purchase. Uh, <laughs> a six-pack of beer. Um, let's, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I, I, did, I, I did reward myself with a nice, beautiful uh, – Black uh, Mercedes-Benz convertible. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah. That's, a, yeah, that's so, what I did. Yeah. Marcus, what, what was, was your yours? First? What was yours, Marcus? Yeah, I hadn't. I got married, so I... <laughs> a wedding ring? <laughs> right, yeah, well, yeah. God, I got that beforehand. Let's see, oh. Right after the movie came out. I haven't bought anything yet. <laughs> you bought that tractor. Came with the wife. Oh. <laughs> that's, why I, that's why I'm pretty sure I died on the mountain because all I ever wanted when I was a spot of land, a Labrador, and a John Deere tractor. And when you got married, got you married, got she had a tractor. <laughs> <laughs> like man, you this is heaven here, boy. We talking about? Oh, all right. Give him one more. We got to hear what his favorite. Wait, superhero. wait a minute. Though. We got to get Luke Bryan to write a song about that. I mean, has he written a song about you? Yet? Yeah, right. That is so perfect. Can you just yeah. see Luke Bryan up there on stage talking about his wife with a tractor and all this? That would be perfect. <laughs> it would be awesome. Oh, you should see. Look on my face when I came around the corner and saw it. I was like, Who, "Who's that?" She's like, "It's mine." I'm like. Oh. Thank you, God. <laughs> the music always playing. Yeah, the, the angels. Right. All right. What, who, favorite superhero? Favorite superhero? Without a doubt, back then, it was uh, Superman. Yes. He was the guy. Yeah. Yes. And Mighty, Thank Ma- you. Mighty Mouse was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, Superman, he was the guy back in our day. Awesome. Hey, Vince, let me hit you with one more. I want to hear right. a sports matchup that's never happened that you'd love to watch. Sports matchup that I'd never, that would never happen that I'd like to watch. Well, the one was, of course, Miracle, and um, that, that that already happened. So that, that great sports matchup, <laughs> Jesus. That was a great matchup. I, I guess I'd like to uh, I'd like to see Joe Biden and Donald Trump go at it behind the, the stands. I mean, that's what they're talking about. Doing yes! All the time. <laughs> yes! I thought you should say that, because I was just thinking, I, I'd like to see Manny and Floyd. I would have liked to have seen them guy that, uh, get after it. But, yeah, ca- Trump and Biden, oh, too. Oh, dude, Trump <laughs> and Biden in a cage match, Trump dude? Trump versus Uncle Joe, bare-knuckle <laughs> oh, boxing behind the bleachers. God bless. That'd be epic, dude. Oh, all right. That is the mad 10 minutes, Vince. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Your answers were amazing. Yeah. But it's time we got we to gotta get serious now. And, and our listeners come here for one reason and one reason only. And it's to hear incredibly inspiring stories from real people that they can then translate into some type of motivation or inspiration to help them face the great obstacles in their life or to stare down the great adversary that I like to call the negative insurgency in their life. 
overcome it and learn mm-hmm. the never quit mindset. So, sir, mm-hmm. without further ado, would you please share with our listeners your greatest never quit story or stories? Well, you know, a lot of people probably would have thought it would be invincible and, uh, you know, and and that would that would actually be number two. I think the first one was uh, back when I was a kid and everybody was telling me I was too small to play football, too small to be in sports. The reason I didn't play college football is because coming out of high school, I was only five, seven, 155 pounds, you know, so mm. there wasn't that. And then when I'm a freshman in college at St. Joe's, I'm six to uh, a buck 85, a buck 90, running a pretty good 100-yard, 40-yard dash. Wow. And um, But but my thing was, um, uh, you know, so my senior year, you know, everybody has somebody in their life uh, other than their parents. Let's put our parents in a, in a different place. You know, you put them yep. up in the they're, – they're certainly the, up there in the Hall of Fame. And uh, But there's those people in your life that have such tremendous influences on your life and sort of guide you into where you need to go. And the one was my high school football coach. And he became that coach the senior year. He was teaching in the junior high school. He was my first male teacher at seventh and, and seventh grade. And I was going wow. through a lot of stuff um, in, in seventh grade. And, and when I was and when I was going through puberty, my mom uh, was a tremendous athlete. Uh, she played professional baseball back in the thirties. And wow. this was hard. Really? For my dad was a great. My dad was a pig farmer, a semi-pro football player. You know, and and but they, they, during World War II and the Great Depression, that's when they're growing up. They never got beyond the eighth grade. And, wow. uh, you know, and, and they, they, and he had these dreams and her dreams were, of course, their children to go to college. But my wife's, my mom, uh, I saw her actually being taken out of a house in a straitjacket and she had two uh, nervous breakdowns and she wound up basically, um, uh, pretty dependent on, on stuff, you know, which wow. just leave it stuff. So this is all happening as I'm growing up and this beautiful mother that I had that taught me how to catch, how to throw, would chase me around all the time while my dad was working at and doing shift work at Westinghouse. She was falling apart and I needed that person in my life and it was that teacher, you know, so it's this, and my coach, this is George Corner. So you transcend from seventh grade and I'm 13 or 14 and going up to now I'm a senior in high school, 17 and 18. He now becomes the phys ed director at the high school and he becomes a head football coach and he asked me to come out for the team. I mean, that was the big step. And he knew what was going on. And I said, well, everybody told me I was too small before coach. And he said, now come on out for the team. And I go out for the team and I wound up leading the team in receptions and touchdowns and actually the county. Um, so I didn't get much, uh, much recognition, but I, I did get honorable mention. So, you know, the older you get, the better you used to be. I'm, I'm like an all pro now. You know, from high school, but, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so then, you know, so I, I, I do that. And then I go out for, I go out for, um, I go out for basketball and make the basketball team in spite of, in spite of uh, breaking my right wrist here. And I went after the basketball team, made it. So I got two varsity letters. And then I was about it. You know, senioritis kicked in. And I was just talking to these kids the other night at Malvern Prep, where the yeah. um, where some great athletes went to. And, and I was telling them this story. And, um, you know, you get senioritis. You know, so I pretty much had senioritis. I had my high school sweetheart. And I got just got accepted to go to Westchester State Teachers College. And I was going to get a tryout for the football team because the freshman coach was my science teacher when I was in seventh grade, you know, it's all about connections. Right. Guys. Right. So I'm oh. going to get this trial. So finally the coach comes out, my, the George corner, my coach, he says, Hey, look, they just told me I need, if, if I didn't take the track job, we were going to have to give up track and field. We're going to eliminate the program. And he says, so I'm, I'm going out for track and field. And he says, I'm going to be the coach. He said, I'd love you to come out. And I said, yeah, what the heck is I'll get you in shape. So why not? It won't be too bad. He says, you can pretty much call your shots, do what you want to do, but you got to work hard. I mean, he was a hard believer in that. I, yeah. I always knew, like you guys, I always knew how to work hard. Yeah. He was always a hustler. And uh, so I, he said, what are you going to do? I was on a pole vault. 
and says, pole vault, you ever pole vault before? I said, yeah, right. Nope. I said, pole vault over the, over the clotheslines in the project where I grew up in the backyard. <laughs> you know, I said, pole vault across the creek where I grew up. We didn't have creeks. We had creeks, right? Yes, creek. I'd, go, creek. I'd go from, I'd go water. from one, one the side water. of the creek to the other, you know, with a, with a bamboo pole. And it was so cool. So he says, he's like, he says, why, you know, I told, he says, I told your dad, I was going to ask you to come out for the track team. And he said, don't let him pole vault. Cause he was afraid that I was going to get injured for football. I mean, there's a high risk of injury when you're falling from 14, vault. 15 feet. Right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, people are falling off ladders and not coming up, you know? So, uh, so uh, anyway, so I, I do the pole vault and I said, well, look, I said, what's the school record? He says, 11, two. I said, put the bar, put it, put it up to where the school record is. And I took one of those old <laughs> Swedish poles and I threw it right up, right over top. Awesome. And I, there's right behind me. I don't know if you can see one of those pictures up there yeah. by the clock. But uh, that's me going over the bar in high school. And, uh, and, and Coach looks, he says, you're a pole vaulter. So now what's happening, I become champion of the county. I'm a state finalist doing this, that, the other thing. My coach has taken me to all these schools in Philadelphia. Oh, we already got our guy, man. You know, we don't need you. You're this, you're that. You know, you're the other thing. Yeah. So finally, it's Father's Day, 1964. I got my dad. My mom's real sick. She's never seen me compete in high school because she can't leave the house. My father's there on Father's Day in 1964. And this is the story, man. I'm going against these guys and all got scholarships over me. And I beat them all by a foot and a half when I was a foot and a half off the world's record. I went 14-6 and John, John Yulsey's had just hit 16 feet. It was just, I was so pissed off. I wanted to show anybody there that, hey, man, you messed with me and, 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 and I'm going to make it. you pay. I'm going to make you, I mean, I can't make you pay in a physical way, but yeah, I'm going to make you pay mentally. every time you compete against me. And that was, that was always my motivation. And the one coach, I'll never forget, my first time I went against the, this one school, I won't mention the school and the coach because he's a, he's a great guy and I really respect their program. But in that one meet where I was allowed to come in, I ran the high hurdles first place, long jump first place, triple jump first place, um, uh, 440 relay first place, pole vault first place. I, I scored 25 points against wow. this team. And I looked at the coach and I said, remember a couple of years ago, you told me I wasn't good enough to be on your team. And I basically get, did the old, hey, what do you think of me now? You know, the, you know, <laughs> what right? do you think don't of you me now? Toby, don't you love that Toby Keith song, what do you think of me yeah, now? Right? Uh, totally. And, and there it is. And, and that, that, that was the moment, you know, and that, and, and the lessons from that is when I'm talking to kids, because, you know, the Eagles, that, that, that Eagles thing is a whole different dimension, a whole different ball game yeah. that we can talk about. But back then, you know, you're so confused. You have all these things that are going on in your head and all that crap that was going on at home. And, and the story is, I guess the moral of the story is if you're going to attempt something that's a little bit different than anyone else, obviously have confidence in yourself and make sure you know what you're doing. But secondly, surround yourself with people that you can trust and people you can believe in that are going to be there in the event that you fall down because you need to have some help every once in a while to get back up. So, mm. you know, that's the moral of that story. But to me, that's that's the one that I'll never, ever forget. And, and it's the one that uh, I use what now as a parent, I try to use those things and, 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 and the kindness and the gentleness and, and the respect it was given me by my coach back then. I tried it as a teacher. I was a teacher for six years. And, um, you know, I had a I, I ran into a kid yesterday. I told him, he said, he said, you were, you were so much fun because you would do different stuff. You'd, you'd pick us up and take us places. Everybody else was this, that you, if, the, if we called you Vince, you didn't get crazy. And, and, uh, and I learned that all because I had great mentors when I was a kid. So, you know, just mentoring and being a good mentor and, and surrounding yourself with great people and, and people you can trust, I think, is the key to this whole story.
I, I love that so much because it's not often that we have guests come on that really hone in on the power of mentoring for me. And I know Marcus is, you know, we're out there, we're doing a lot of mentoring just like you, Vince. And so we're, we're beginning to realize, and we talk often about those specific mentors that we also had going through training, those individual instructors going through buds that were stood out so uniquely to give us these, these real uh, focused ideas of what it meant to be a team guy. Can you describe to our listeners some very specific traits about that coach that he learned and that and, and can you also possibly share where he learned them and what were the core things that he taught you? Well, I, I think I, I'm not quite sure where he learned them. I know, though, he was from our neighborhood. He was from that Delaware County neighborhood where I grew up, Glen Olden, Prospect Park and Norwood. And the high school was Interborough High School. And then I went back there and taught after my four years running track at St. Joe's. What, what I what I first learned about him is that, you know, he, he was he was just he was really kind in general, but he was firm. And, and okay. you knew not to mess with him. And, and I tell you, he had you were talking about the hair back then. He had that hair and he had the legs. I mean, he, he had he had the physique. My mother would look at him and she would just melt you know, when, <laughs> when she was healthy. You know, he, he had he had it all working for him. So you looked at him, you looked at him and, and there was something that you would respect about him. But I think uh, more than anything, it was just his organizational skills and his his attention to detail. And, um, and and everything was all about fundamentals. And, uh, you know, and that's what I think sometimes we get so caught up in all the stuff that's around us and all the glitz that we have. We sort of forget about the fundamentals of what it's about. You know, it's, you know, you know, before you become a sniper, you got to be able to shoot the God darn thing, you know, load the lo- load the, the weapon. And and uh, that's the same thing back in the, what we were doing with sports. And, and and the other thing was, is, is he taught us the value of teamwork. You know, and that, uh, and that you, because uh, I, I was her, I was her top guy when, when I, when I was a senior in track right then. Now I'm, you know, I'm sort of killing it. And, uh, he, uh, he, he, um, found out that I was out partying with the boys during the Easter holidays. And, uh, man, he just about killed me and made me an example for the rest of the team, nice. which, which was, mm-hmm. uh, which was a good thing. And he taught me that I wasn't, I wasn't as important as I thought I was, you know, that the team is more important than anything else. So, uh, he taught me those great values and, uh, and, and and I still use all those traits and values, I think, right now when I'm out talking and mentoring and teaching. I mean, you, you guys, when you when you look at the three of you, when somebody walks up to you and, and you immediately are gain, gathering and gain, uh, gaining respect because you have that Navy SEAL tag with mm-hmm. you. And, and everybody knows how hard you had to work in order to get there. And, you know, there, there was just absolutely nothing was given to you to have that and to get that tag. So, but where can you take it to the next level? So with me now, you know, when I get up, I've got... You know, I've got this really cool thing. I've got the movie, you know, yep. and, and and I'm an NFL player and all this stuff. So already, you know, you have something there and they're they're ready to listen. The question is, are you are you able to give it back to them and, you know, be the mentor that you said that you should be and that we all want to be, David? And and that to me, when I when I think about, you know, everybody asks, what's the most important thing about this movie? Uh, aside from talking to Marcus Luttrell and you guys right now. <laughs> and um is 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 the fact that I can give back now and the impact that I think this movie's had on so many people. But you know, and, and again, there's that key word. You know, it's impact. And and I, Wizard, I see you shaking your head as well. So um, it's all For good. Sure. And back in in that time frame in your life when you're in the high school and the junior high, it's you're still so young at all this. You don't have the experience, especially if you're not growing like everybody else. I had that problem too, man. And if you if you're kind of 
How big were you in high school? I graduated high school 5'6", 154 pounds. No. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you I started growing. How tall are you now? Well, I'm on my way back down the ladder. I was six five. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's and, uh, the surgeries <laughs> shrunk me a little bit. I think I'm a couple six, rods. Six, four, yeah, and, you um, lost some some, yeah, some, some bones. But <laughs> the mentoring thing is, I mean, it's kind of incumbent upon us that, that if we had that given to us, we we pass it back down because even though you are young, all the problems still come in that the older people have. I mean, it it, it does, and it kind of can can be overwhelming especially at that age when you're trying to push through it but that's that's the thing man if you're you're born small with no skills and then you work the basics i would always write at the bottom of my uh journals or my book work harder than everyone because if you don't have any special skills or anything Mm -hmm. like that you do have the work ethic and all you do is just work the basics because when everything starts going bad and falls apart and you start getting busted and they take you down all that special high-flying cool stuff that you picked up and learned and show off with while you're doing that goes away and if you pain Mm -hmm. if you start if you skip a step in any of that man you can fall a lot faster and further but if you build it up brick by brick brick the, the the baseline right yeah then it's harder to take you down and it's the the constant bombardment and the pressure and the pain that it creates something in your head that when you're standing across from the neck, from the person you're competing against, you can tell if they put the work in. You can tell if they Absolutely. if they have skills or if they have the basics. And you're going to know what kind of fight you're going to get into, man. And just throughout your life, if you go about it that way, ultimately, when you get into the situations, they're they're not as difficult, or you don't freak out as much. That that, mm-hmm. that saying, man, that, that premature panic is a sign of an undisciplined mind. Yeah, so it's just kind of one of those things that you're supposed to panic in the beginning the, the trick is everybody has their freak out point right the tr- and then you have what we're at right now like kind of that calm homeostasis the trick is putting all of that training and knowledge in between those two yeah so as you go along and it gets hit you keep, it comes harder and faster man you're ready and not have the pole vaulting thing is great too because if, I mean, if you haven't done it before you don't have any bad habits that's the one thing when we go into buds those of us who grew up in the country shooting or swimming or running and we think we know what we're doing basically all it really is is bad habits so they have to have to break that and then retrain us to do it the proper yeah. way which some of them guys can't do I mean, yeah. that's, that's the hard part but if you go in there with just an empty slate i mean yeah you're good to go now vince one of the things that you talked about in college was that sense of you know that driver that you tapped into hey you know what? I can't, you, you don't think I can do this? Well, to hell with you. I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to do it even better than you can even dream of. How, where does that come from? And how did you build on that? Was it just something you learned growing up in your neighborhood from your dad? Where did that, that fight, that fighting spirit? Because when I, when I think of your story and Marcus's story and these other greats, Rudy, right? And all these stories of, you know, the fight never to quit, man, that is a huge component. Where did you develop that? And, and did it really play a major role in, in making the team for the Eagles? Yeah, it still plays a major role now, right now, right now, David, that's redundant, but yeah, it plays a major role. And I think I learned it basically just by looking at my parents and all the things that were, that were going through with my father, you know, and, and, and the thing with my dad, it's like, you know, everybody talks about, resilience and, and, and talks about perseverance and those kinds of things and never quit kind of an attitude. You know, uh, any, and 
if you saw what was going on and, 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 and all the stress that was going on in my father's life, the fact that he hung in there and, and, and persevered, you know, and I think one of his breaks, he was a deer hunter and, um, you know, to get away from doing that. And one time he came to me, I'll never forget, I'll, you know, I don't think I've ever told this story. He just came to me and he says, I'm not sure I'm going to come back. And I'll never forget just hanging onto his leg and just not letting him go. Wow. As, and I was, I was about seven or eight years old there because things were starting to get rocky at that point in the house. But I think it was that kind of stuff, you know, that I was that would I, that I was brought up in within our house. But then there were all the guys around me. Oh, you would have loved this neighborhood. It was a World War II housing project, and all the guys that lived in that neighborhood. All our fathers, we were all baby boomers, and all our fathers were our mothers were the housewives. We had no, you know, the clotheslines in the backyard. There were no dryers and that kind of stuff. And, and all the fathers worked at Westinghouse. They worked at Sunship. Uh, wherever, whatever was on the river, the Delaware River, it separates uh, New Jersey from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They were all river. They, they were. They called them the river rats. You know, they're all working on the river. So, mm. they're kids galore. And the, and and the, and the project I grew up in was built on a golf course in our backyard. Was a former fairway of the golf course with a whole bunch of trees and stuff. And we would always meet meet in the middle of the field or the fairway. And there was a baseball, soccer, football. Something was going on. And being so small when I was 14 years old, wasn't even 100 pounds. And, and there was this one guy that was a bully, you know, that kept bullying me because of my size. And, you know, what you handled bullying with back then, right? You just mm -hmm. took the guy on, you know, yeah. I took the guy, I cold cocked him and got the crap kicked out of me. But guess what? He never bullied me again. <laughs> but, you, you know, you can't do this now because of call the cops, you know, your parents would get thrown in jail and all that stuff because it's not PC. <laughs> Right. But, you know, but, you know, you grew up in that kind of an environment. So every day uh, it wasn't like a matter of life or death. But, you know, I was so competitive athletically. Every day was a matter of survival because I always wanted to win because to me, winning was a way of showing that I had something that I didn't have materially that I at, at that time I, I was maybe a little ashamed of, you know, because yeah. I was worrying, you know, thinking about this and thinking about that. And it just carried on, you know, the high school. And then I knew, you know, when I got that shot with the Eagles, that, that I had to work harder than anybody else. I mean, and, and, and Marcus had alluded to it, you know, he was just talking about working harder than the other guy. And, and, and I did that. And, um, and, and with the help of my partner, Danny Franks, we trained together because he was too small. I was too, I was too old, no experience, you know, no college yep. football and all that crap. And, uh, you know, it happened, but you know, it's all I, to me, it's, it, it's, it, you are what you were when, and it, what you, what you, what those fundamentals you're taught when you're a kid just carry you through all the way through life. And, and, and kids you a lot of things. And I still use those same things in, in some of the things that I'm doing right now. Of course, I can't be the athlete I want to be, but I'll tell you what, I work my ass off to be the best public speaker I can be right now because that's how I make a living. Amen. And, uh, and it's that competitive nature that keeps me going out because I got to compete against the use of the world. Who got this one? Oh, Latrell got it. Oh, no. You know, uh, who got, got, oh, Rudy got it. You know, or, yeah, Shamar's got it. You know, they're, they're invincible. I mean, miracle. But, you know, it, it, if you lose that competitive edge, forget about it. You might as well just go right in. Uh, so one of the Philadelphia Flyers said the greatest thing yesterday. And, and and because he was playing, he was playing with a with a tour tour uh, muscle in his pelvis, and I was wondering why he was not engaging as much as he did. I won't mention his name, but uh, he just came back. He said, "You know what?" He says, "If I'm not playing in a game, you might as well just bury me." And that's, wow. and, and if you don't, if you don't wow. have, I mean, he said that yesterday in the Philly press, and it really rescinded well. And um, and, and you know, but you, you got to play with injury. You know, you play through it, play with pain, no pain, no gain. 
Amen. And, um, and, and it happens, you know, and you just got to block it out, block out the noise. So I got some great fundamentals, the moral of the story when I was a kid, and, and I've carried them through all the way. And, and I've tried to instill them on my two children, who I'm very proud of right now. And, uh, you know, I'd like to have an opportunity to talk about them in a second. For sure. But, uh, yeah, and try to give them those same values. And my wife, Janet, who's, you know, I mean, she was a world-class gymnast. She and Kathy Rigby were teammates mm-hmm. on that gymnastics team back in the Munich days. Wow. You know, she's not a Giants fan. I, I'm trying to get her. I have to get her butt in here. <laughs> I but, don't yeah, even she, know how that's yeah. possible. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. You see, see that jersey up there? Can you see the USA jersey? Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's hers. What, that, that's what she wore back in the night. That's what she wore back in the 70s. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, hey, Vince, yeah. you know, you just brought it up, but I wanted to ask you about that. You were talking about you coming up and instilling those fundamentals, and then you brought up your kids. So I, I want to know, you know, what have you done to try to instill that into them? Well, great you know question. what? I think thank thank you, Wiz, and I'm really, that's that's a great segue into that. I'll tell you one thing I tried to instill in them, and and it's and it's an act of kindness is being kind. You know, I mean, right now there's just I so much that. stuff that's going on, hmm. and, and and we forget to be kind to the next person. There's not a there, there's there, there, you know there's the, the, being nice is not a sign of weakness. You know, no. uh, it, to me, it's a sign of strength. Great point. Look, we all know how tough we are. I don't need to prove to anybody. That, that I was a I was a badass back in the day. I wasn't like you, but you know I, I I did my thing in so many different ways. And there's no there's no need to do that. But one of the things I tried to instill in our kids and my kids is um, is that act of kindness and be gentle to everybody. And and Coach Ramil taught me a very uh, important thing: is to treat everybody you meet as the most important person you'll ever meet. And that's a Nightingale kind that's of quote. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And if you've done Nightingale stuff, so. And I still do that. And 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 I and my daughter was being interviewed a, a, a year ago, and somebody said, "Tell us about your dad." He said, "You know, so you know what I admire about my dad is he treats everybody the same. He treats them as if they're the, you know, if, if you're around me, mm-hmm. I, I don't care who they are, where they're coming from. Somebody comes up and pays you a compliment and shakes your hand, and that takes a lot of guts to do that. Uh, you, you treat them nice, and there's no reason why we can't do that. So that's the first thing. And then the second is just fundamentals and values. You know that that they grew up in a, you know, we've got a pretty nice house here. Um, but it wasn't like what we had, but I can't expect my kids to grow up in the same environment I grew up in or we grew up in. So, you know, right. we try to teach them the, the sound fundamentals of just the basics again, fundamentals, you know, hard work, right. respect, um, uh, and, and doing what's, what's gotta be done. And then the next thing is, is just uh, make second effort. You know, you got to give it that extra effort. If you don't, you're going to get lost. So I got Vinny. Uh, he's a, uh, he's a senior at the, he'll be a senior at university of Delaware playing football. And David, I told you this, you know, he's got two dreams after this uh, football season. One is the NFL, which I'll hate. I'll, I'll help him chase that anywhere. He's got the skills. And secondly, he wants to be a Navy SEAL. And, I um, told you, yeah. I promised you, dude, <laughs> I promise you, if he doesn't make the NFL, I, I guarantee we'll bring his ass out here and we'll start getting him tuned up for They're sure. For the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, <laughs> you know, he need to go uh, into the Air Force, okay? We keep saying that, everybody laughs, but it's the truth, all right? Put his ass in the Air Force. Cause they t- just you, a- you always got a hot cot and a good meal every night. If yeah. not, you get paid extra. <laughs> hey, it's, funny. it's funny you say that, Mark, because I almost enlisted in the Air Force and or the Marines after I got out of college uh, because Vietnam was hot and heavy in 1968. And when you know, when I went for my draft physical, I sprained my ankle. I re-dislocated my ankle. I dislocated in, um, in in Quantico when I was in college. And the night before right. my draft physical, when I was teaching, um, we were having a pickup basketball game with the faculty and some guys. And 
and uh, I, I dislocated my ankle, and I, I got I got a one Y classification, and wow. so uh, who knows, you know? But you so if anyone should do that, I'll you tell you, hey, maybe not, maybe maybe not, you know. But uh, and if, I don't know if you guys know Neil Hermanson with uh, Six, and he's done some stuff, and uh, he's a Delco guy, and you know we spend a lot of time with him as well, and. And the more he tries to talk Vinny out of it, the more Vinny wants to try to be in it. So I can't <laughs> wait. Uh, he, he, is, he is absolutely pumped. And, and by the way, I want you to know, uh, Vinny follows you on Instagram. He said, Dad, he says, I, I, I follow you all the time. So, wow. And then I, there's my, I, I love yeah. the pictures you post to him. That one with him making that catch the other day. Man, it was just cool. And because, you know, I've got two daughters and so they're never going to be playing football, you know, but I, whatever they play, I'll be proud of them. But man, you must be so proud seeing your son, you know, as a receiver out there playing, man, just doing it and, and doing it well. I mean, that's got to make you, you pretty stoked. And, and from everything you told me that one night we were together, you know, he's a good, good kid. Yeah, he's a good kid, nice student. You know, works hard, works his ass off, and uh, doesn't expect anything from anybody. And and he's got it. And uh, you know, I was lucky enough to on spring break. A lot of guys were partying and hanging on beaches in spring break. He went down to to this uh, to this XPO camp down in uh, Boca Raton. Yeah, he worked with a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of uh, athletes, and it just took him to the next level. So yeah, but you know, I'll tell you what I'm real proud of him and Gabriella about is they're honor students. Awesome. And then my daughter, Gabriella, you know, great athlete. She cheered. She went to Syracuse, comes out sports marketing, and now she's working with the 76ers. And, and, um, and, and everybody that comes up to say, you know, we talked to your daughter. We talked to your son. They're really nice kids. And to me, that's the highest compliment you can pay. Anything. I don't care if they say it's a great athlete or, mm. or she's beautiful, which I think she is. Everybody thinks her kids are spectacular. And um, she's well, been, hopefully oh, she no- looks like your wife, bud. One of the best things about having the kids, at, at, especially at an older age, and you were talking about how our, our physical part runs out. We still have the mental capacity to, to enjoy and pass down the perspective, the good perspective. From, our, from what we've done. And when you're looking at your son, man, and, and our physical, like I said, is kind of going down. Man, they're the next evolution of us, right? So you, you have that mental part, and you watch them do the physical part, and that's the reward. Yeah, and I just we do the same thing in our family. We don't push them in any certain direction, but it, you just kind of want to see what they get into, and then then you back them up with that. And uh, it it is something, man. The the kid part, it's just like it's a whole new life. It just brings everything yeah, it does. into perspective. All right, well, uh, let's it's, it's let's let's pivot a little bit here because this right. we've got something really unique that I don't believe happens a lot in in any radio show, podcast, TV, or anything. The fact that both you and Marcus were portrayed by Mark Wahlberg in your life stories. What was that like, Vince, when you found out he was going to portray you? What was kind of the process where you, one, were you just blown away by the move, by the fact that it was going to happen and then that mark? And can you tell us a little bit about that relationship and how it grows? Because everything I've learned from Marcus about Mark, and we had Mark on the show, was he really is just this considerate guy about playing you in, in the movie. So could you chat a little bit about that with you and Marcus? It's funny you say that because I don't know what your first encounter was with Mark Marcus, but mine was uh, we were at the Bryant Park Hotel, and it was really cool. And um, and, and, and I'll go back, you know, tell you about the evolution of the movie in a second. That's the, that ding-ding is my guy from SEAL Team 6. Right, right. 
Um, <laughs> so at, at any rate, um, he had his party and, and, and Giselle was there, Lindsay Lohan, and invited a whole bunch of his, uh, his movie star friends. And um, they had the whole cast from Four Brothers and the whole cast from Friday Night Lights. And, and you know, Janet and I were there and I'm, 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 my head's spinning around like Linda Blair and Exorcist. I can't believe <laughs> I'm in a room with all these people. It, it was just so cool. But Mark was a little late because he was just wrapping up. They had one more scene to do in The Departed. It was Scorsese. So Martin uh, didn't realize he was having this this like this cast party or he was going to meet me. So he had to do a little he had to do a wardrobe thing. So he comes a little late. And um, when I met him, my palms were all sweaty. I says, God, man, I'm meeting this guy, Mark Wahlberg. And I, and I didn't really know much about him other than, you know, that he was a singer back in the day. <laughs> and <laughs> An underwear We'll model. just leave it at that. And uh, so, he, he, you know, and it's not Danny DeVito. But, uh, you know, so Mark, Mark comes in and he says, oh, dude. And, and he says, I'm going to play you. I, so I'm going to play you with, with, um, with enthusiasm. I'm going to make you proud. I'm going to make this, the, the, the city of Philadelphia proud. And, uh, and, and Marcus, you'll appreciate this line. He said, but I feel a lot of pressure. Uh, doing this movie. I said, why is that? And he says, well, I know that you're going to be on the set every day, right? And I said, yeah. He said, well, I never played the role of a guy in a movie that was alive at the end of the movie. And, wow. that's, and he says, he says, that's pressure. And, and he said, that's pressure. And, uh, and then I was going to, I was alluding to that story I was saying earlier is that uh, a couple of years ago, he was in Philadelphia with Ludacris, um, Chris Bridges uh, promoting one of his movies. And he invited our family and, he, and he's very close. I mean, Mark and I text all the time, and I'm always sending him pictures. He's always sending pictures of the family. And he calls us into the Rittenhouse, where he always stays in Philadelphia, a great area. And, and he sits me down, and he says, dude, he says, I have to tell you, so I, thought the, uh, I thought the toughest movie I ever did was Invincible. He said, well, I just put one in the can. We didn't know anything about it. So what's that? He said, oh, it's about this guy, uh, Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor. <laughs> and, um, and, 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 and he said, you have no idea what it's like to go through a scene and have 13 Navy SEALs up your ass the whole time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> we had them surrounded the whole time. He said that. He said that's pressure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was so funny. And, uh, and, I, and I told him, I, he says, say hi. I texted him. I says, I'm going to be with you today on the podcast, on your podcast too, David. So awesome. um, I have to. I'm going to have to take a picture of you guys here and I'll send it out to him. You know, For sure. <laughs> he, he was the best, you know, he played so hard. He took the role serious. And, but you, you said it right, Marcus, in that, you know, he's a, he's a really gentle, kind guy. He's nice to everybody. Yeah. yeah he has his bodyguards around him, but they don't block him off. They just make sure that, the, you know, they don't, and, and come on, you know, Mark will just bring him on. And I, I remember walking through Philadelphia when a movie was first coming out and we were doing some stuff and it was just him and me walking up, uh, walking up uh, like Sansom Street where all the bars and the clubs are. And it, tra it stopped traffic. It's just, you know, wow. just people, oh, yeah. yeah just say, hey, man, what's up? So uh, very cool. Uh, really proud to have said him. People say, oh, you know, he's, he's a little bit, you know, because he's not quite as tall as I was back then. I said, <laughs> you know what? You don't, you, you don't, you don't measure, you don't measure a person by how tall they are. This is how you measure them. And, and that guy's got a great heart. Amen. Uh, hard worker, very smart, and a tremendous, tremendous athlete. And uh, did, and I and I got to train with him for two weeks uh, prior to the shooting of the movie. And we mm. just would go out, and I'd go one on one. I'd defend him. Here I'm in my fifties, right, doing that. Right. And, and we're going one on one, and he's he's running. I'm running routes against him. He's running routes against me, and trying to show him, you know, how we caught the ball this way instead of you know looking away. Just little things like that. I'm sure you were doing the same things as you were teaching him the things that he need to know just a proper way just to carry the weapon. And 
that that's the way that that more way mark is and now what the movie's been out almost 12 years coming up labor day and uh we, we still stay in touch and right before the super bowl i get a facetime from him in bogota uh, with all those down there, just talking about the game, which was really cool. That's cool. What was your experience like with Mark Marcus? My first meetup. Yeah, we, we had them two months prior to filming on out at the uh, SWAT range, so we could train them up on their uh, weapons and tactics. Yeah, and he same thing. He he was wrapping up pain and gain. I think. Yeah, with pretty, Denzel. No, that's right? two guns. Oh no, with with Rock. rock with Rock. With rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and. uh Sure enough, he came out. He was out on the set, and and Mark had him. Was uh, a lot of marks out on the set that yeah, day. Yeah. Uh, was rolling him, but I was coming out of the hotel. Oh, Melly, my wife came into town for this, so he he shows up. Like Mark, we're driving out from the hotel to the SWAT <laughs> range, and I'm driving Foster's truck. Ben Foster, yeah, yeah. We rolled up there together. We road yeah. tripped from Texas. Anyways. Good vibrations comes on the radio. And I kind of turned up. And my <laughs> wife's going, you know, she's kind of bobbing her head and dancing and whatnot. And then she goes on this little diatribe about how much she loves Mark Wahlberg and had all the posters on her wall. And this whole night. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> I just get quiet and I roll in and throw, I get out of the truck. We walk in and walk out to the range. He's sitting out and he's like, hey, Mark Wahlberg. I was like, hey, Marcus Trell. Oh, you know, I thought you'd be taller. You know, that kind of, <laughs> I like, had to listen to my wife talk about you for the last forty-five minutes, and um, <laughs> he from that from that moment on, man, because we had a, a couple phone conversations, and he was the one I didn't pick the guy to play me. I had input on kind of everybody else, but when it came time to pick me, I didn't I didn't get into uh, into Pete with that too too much so when he said mark was playing me i was ecstatic i i love that guy man i've watched his movies i yeah. think he's great at what he does i've heard nothing but good things about him how much of a hard worker he is and and whatnot so it, it truly was and it's funny because as you grow up and you watch movies people you have an idea like oh if anybody ever makes a movie about me i'm having this guy play me and this and the other when it comes time to actually do that and yeah. pick, you're like well hello man let's think about this for a second <laughs> wait and halt and halt <laughs> And um, but when Pete said Mark was taking it on, I was like, fine, that's great, because he's he's one of those actors, man. I I didn't tell him that he needed to play me a certain way or do this. I I was just there to to answer questions, and you know, he just watches, like he just kind of watches off on the side how you interact with everybody and how you move and and whatnot. And while we were training up the other guys, I had a rifle in my hand, and then he, he's a lefty, yeah, but no big deal. Morgan's a lefty, yeah. So I mean, it it uh. By the time we were done with them to start uh, production, they were good to go. They were running, gunning shooters. I wow. mean, hell, Foster can, we was pinging still at a thousand yards. Easy really? day. Oh, yeah. Wow. And then on set is different altogether because they were surrounded by Navy SEALs the entire time from the time the, it started rolling. Well, through the whole thing, especially strapped up on the side of the mountain. Everybody was harnessed in except for us because we had to move around. And I mean, it, it was verbiage, finger yeah. position, foot position, everything. All, everything. Yeah. But they, they became such a, a well-oiled team that it was, uh, it was a pleasure to just to be a part of that actually. Well, let me, I, let me ask you. I think the only thing I did say to him, I was like, whatever you do, he goes, you got any advice for him? I was like, whatever you do, just don't try and do a, a Southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, I, let me ask a question to you both. When was the moment where, like, 
it was just so surreal for you guys that, oh my God, there's a movie about me and my life. Vince? Well, there, there were two moments. The first was when I walked on set for the first time, and it was at Franklin Field University at Penn Stadium. But to see it at the end, and they had a screening, and it was up in New York, and they had everybody from the NFL were there, people from Disney, people, the major, you know, whoever it was, Adidas, uh, uh, whatever was there, and they were all there, Gatorade, all the sponsors. And, and I got Mark right behind me with Gabrielle on one side. Now, Gabby's 11, Vinny's 8. At that point, and 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 then I have them sitting next to Janet, and I'm watching the movie, and I couldn't even. As soon as I saw the Disney thing come up, I I, I like got in tears. It's just like, oh my god, you know, you yeah. and and so that so I'm watching the movie, and I was just amazed at how they put scenes together because back then it's like you know it's just a puzzle. You take one piece of the puzzle, you do it here, you do another there, and then all of a sudden they put it all together, and all those scenes that you saw like in the football action just blended right together and made it look like a play. And here it took two days to make one play, right? right. So that was pretty weird. So I'm looking at it that yeah. way, not even imagining that the story's mine until the very end when they, shoot, when they showed the highlights and they had all this film and stuff from the back and I busted up. I, I started bawling like a wow. baby. I said, wow. holy crap. Hmm. Well, guess what? Mark was too behind me wow. and he got into it and then my children were and then the producers who were the biggest practical jokers in the world flicked the lights on and said ah, we knew we were going to get you and that's, <laughs> that's when that's when i knew that's that's when i knew and but it's but it's still still i can't get over it you know and i watch your movie all the time there's I, shooters one of my favorite Wahlbergs. i watch it all the time and and i see invincible all the time you know but I, I still can't get over the fact after almost 12 years now that they, they, they made the, they made this this little thing called Invincible with, you know, a Disney movie of all of all, yeah, which was I Disney was great to work with. And uh, and, uh, you know, that that it's me, you know, but, I, but I, I always try to flip flip it and say, hey, man, it's it's every man's story. Anybody was told they couldn't do it. You know, we, we showed them. We showed Ma them. Marcus. What was yours? Yeah, mine was different. I because I. Mark just took the helm, I, and I never really concentrated on watching that part. And I was just nervous about getting it done right Yeah, for the boys, for, for the, the families. families, that I couldn't concentrate on anything else. Even, mm -hmm. And I don't watch watch it. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't think people, I mean, you kind of realized how bad we had it. Yeah. And then uh, at the end... After the credit, when they put the live feeds, the real guys up on the at the end, they show kind of us and whatnot and how similar the guys looked and how well they portrayed them. After the film, I'm um, I remember Melanie. Everybody just kept walking up and just kind of hugged me, yeah. crying, just just crying. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's, I'm fine because mm -hmm. I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. And, and you wouldn't think that after watching yeah. it, I guess. Yeah. Then when the movie came out, I was at home and. The, uh, my hometown and the surrounding town shut all the movie theaters down and removed all the other films and just played Lone Survivor in every theater for mm. weeks. Wow. Yeah. And I, I just kind of. That's big. Yeah. And you know me. I'm not a real. I don't like all that attention. <laughs> you hate, <laughs> hate it, it, dude. Man. You hate it. Uh, you yeah, hate it. Hate it. You because know, it was just such an honor to be there yeah. and, and be a part of that the the real life operation yeah and you, you got to remember people talking to me like, hey you watch the movie I was like man i got the director's cut in my head <laughs> 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 so uh 
man, you're same same thing with um with our film, man. Guys got hurt every day. I mean, so much so they had to life flight them out of there just because we didn't use any dummies or any CGI. Mm-hmm. Those those stunt men and the actors were just they're like, it's an honor to be here, and I'm not going to shortcut this anything anything because of what you guys went through. And me standing there too. I mean, oh. I, I never really said much. I was just always standing there. Mark and all the other guys, Ray, they took Point and Foxy. They yeah. were always rotating around, and I, I was there just kind of to lend perspective. But they put so much work into making sure that this thing was absolutely done right. Yeah, because we had Overwatch from the SEAL teams. Yeah, Warcom was in play, so there's no, there wasn't any getting off topic or anything like yeah. that. And then, uh, but. It's it's just a damn humbling to yeah. be a part of that. because in the deal, man, you're invincible, brother. You pull this off, me. I that's not how it worked. I was part of that collective, and it just just so happens that I was the one that got to relay parts of the story out, so you guys could see it. And so I don't take any credit for any of that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, Jeff- yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to gather myself right now because I, I can't even imagine Marcus uh, what you went through and the feelings that you have. And you know, you're saying what you're saying with such great humility. But if you see yourself through my eyes and the eyes of my son and the eyes of guys that I know and the eyes of Mark Mark Wahlberg, uh, man, you're 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 something special. Amen. And uh, and and some some and and you, David, and, and and you, Wizard. You know, you guys are something that we all look up to because um, there, are, there are just no shortcuts to do what you did. And, and the courage that you, you, you show every day is just beyond. So, okay. Um, That's very kind. Thing. Yeah. You're, you're welcome. Uh, and I'm in just such awe and admiration uh, to, to be in your presence, right? At this, you can't even imagine what's going through my head at this particular time. I don't know whether to laugh or cry uh, to go out, you know, but well, at the end of it, man, we're all going out and ha- we're going to have a goddamn beer. That's for darn sure. Vince, you ought to try sitting across from him all the time when he brings out the, this stuff, dude. We had we had Laura Logan on who talked about getting raped by three hundred men in Tafar Square, and then starts talking about having a death moment when she just all she said was just breathe. And Marcus leans up and goes, "Yep, I know what that's like." Let me, and they had a ten minute conversation about, it, and I'm sitting over here with my mouth wide open going holy jesus dude so no i'm feeling you bro i feel it all the time with him dude that's why we love him so much oh thank you (laughs) so vince all right we're we're closing we're coming to an end here one of the things that i i we always like to try and do is is finish by you sharing I don't know, three or four or however many you think the relevant aspects in your life as you see it today, looking back, that can be transferred to our guests. So the person that's, you know, that their parents are are sick or one of their parents is sick or the, the, the smaller kid that's struggling to make a team or something or or just the the person that's going through cancer or something, you know, what to you what can you tell them to help begin lighting that fire in their gut to to get in to have their invincible moment their never quit mindset yeah that invincible moment that's a that's a good point and i always define the invincible moment when i'm out speaking is that moment of truth in your life when you've made that tremendous decision uh that that decision that's a life changer when uh, you've had those events in your life that are that that change your life and um, or you might just switch jobs or something like that. You mentioned cancer survivor. 
I'm proud to say that um, I'm a 16-year-old, 16-year colon cancer survivor in awesome. May. Awesome, uh, yeah. So, mm. uh, you know, I kicked uh, kicked uh, colon cancer in its ass, and, uh, <laughs> and, and thank, thank, thank God, uh, literally, thank God, I, I took that test. You know, Janet, uh, Janet, she stepped out on me, but uh, she threatened to trade me in for a couple of thirty-year-olds if I didn't get a colonoscopy. And, uh, <laughs> and I always, I always tell everybody to get one. You never know what they'll find out there. You know, last time they found my father's uh, shoe, but uh, anyway, I wonder where that was. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. Wonder what's causing that pain up there, you know. But uh, you know, so that's sixteen years. I'll tell you, and so so right around there, you know, it's just make sure you have a good team around you. And uh, and I'm often I'm often reminded of my of my son Vinny. He made the USA team, and we were in Dallas of all places, and he was being introduced to the USA team. We're going to play Canada, and they they gave us they gave us this plaque, and, and you guys will appreciate because you're the greatest team ever. You play for Team USA. They give him this plaque, and he's in this USA uniform. And it says, I play for, and then, you know, who do you play for? And then he has to fill it in. And he says, I play for the guy next to me. Awesome. And, and, and you know, I mean, how great is that? It, mm. I just fell apart. And I said, where the hell did that come from? He said, no, that's, that's what I believe in. I mean, here's a 17-year-old kid. I play for the guy next to me. And, and that's what it's all about. You know, that's what life's about. You know, forgetting about that you're the most important person in the universe, that there are some others out there, and what can you do to help them? And so in, in that respect, and to answer your question, and also, Wizard, you know, uh, the things that I've learned from the movie, uh, one is, is is basically, you know, to see a guy like Mark Wahlberg is to have humility and never forget where you came from. And I think that's one of the mm. greatest compliments anyone could pay us and say, you know what, in spite of all you did, you never forget where you came from. You know, you'll still go Amen. out and give that speech to those kids. You'll still do this. You'll still do that. So the one thing is, you know, be humble. And that's one. You know, the other is never forget where you came from. Uh, uh, certainly work your butt off, work harder than the other person and make second effort a part of your personality. Surround yourself with a great team, with a good team, and, uh, and and make sure that those teams you surround yourself with can be trusted. And 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 I think one that I've learned tremendously from uh, Coach uh, Coach Dick Vermeil and also Coach Doug Peterson is have faith. Amen. You know, you know I, I know Coach Doug. Uh, he goes to uh, he goes to um, he has he has what he calls devotion every morning. He does it on his own in his house or wherever it might be, and he does devotion. And I said, Coach, what what does this devotion give to you? And he said, It gives me peace. And he said, It gives me peace that I know that I can make the right decision without w- without having to second guess myself. And he says, I know then that I can I can trust my team that he's put together. And the beautiful thing about the Eagles, love them or hate them. You know, what they did is they came together as a team and they brought faith as a big part of that. Yes. So you don't have to believe. I don't care what you believe in, but make sure you believe in something. In each other. In each other and the other and and make and believe in yourself and and don't be afraid to take risks. And, and, you know, I I still I take risks every day. I go up and speak because, you you know, as as you know, because we've done it, we're we're a whole bunch of strangers. and, And then we're out there trying to tell our story. But really, our story is their story. Yep. And, you know, don't be afraid to take those risks and don't be afraid to fail as long as you gave it everything you got. But if you're not willing, I'll tell mm-hmm. you, here's, here's what it all comes down to, guys. It comes down to a quote that was given to me by who else but my high school coach, yep. George Corner. I'm trying out for this team in 76, and they are breaking my balls big time. <laughs> you're too old, man. You, you, you can't do it. You're 30 years old. You didn't play college football. You know, well, you're a track guy. You're a decathlete. So what? So I go to my coach and he says, hey, um, you're going you're gonna to do that tryout? I said, yeah, I decided. I'm not telling the guys, but I told him I was going to do it. And I said, man, I said, the guys are busting me pretty good. A couple of guys were, were in my corner. And um, so he says, well, here, take this quote. And I looked at this quote 
And I don't know who wrote it, but it's, this was what, what he said. It said, happy are those who dream dreams and are willing to pay the price to make their dreams come true. Amen. I can do a whole speech around that because it's about the dream. It's about taking those risks. But man, if and, and Marcus and you guys know more than anybody, if you're not willing to pay the price to make the dreams come true, mm. forget about it. You're a poser. And, and, and there's too many posers out there. You've got to be willing to take those risks and pay the price no matter what in order to have it happen. And then uh, if you can convey that to other people, man, you got it gone. And that's the great thing about what you do. You're such great communicators. You're such great role models. And we need these kinds of people right now in these times that are all going on around us. And, uh, man, I know who you believe in there, Marcus, and I'm right there on your side. And, uh, and I know the same thing for you, David. And, Amen. And, uh, you know, we, we got to pull our country together, and we're the guys that are going to do this and show them this is the way it's got to be done. So um, that's my that's Amen, my two man. seconds. Speech. Oh, and that I, was awesome. Perfect. I mean, and everything mm-hmm. that most of the thing, things, that, especially when we're younger, that we get wrapped around that we think are important, man, are actually a byproduct of what you just discussed. I mean, yeah. if you literally your currency is your your willpower, right? Your or if your willpower is your fuel, or your fear could be the fuel to spark that willpower that, that pushes you in the direction that you want to go. You don't have to have all that existential stuff to be, to become successful, man. You just got to have yourself. Yes. And if you put the team around you, hell, I, I never took myself seriously at all. I took the situation serious and the guys to the, to the right and the left of me, man. That's the reason I worked out as hard as I did. just because I, it was just an honor to be there. The, the, Collective yeah. reward is the accomplishment or the obstacle that we overcame. There's no setbacks or anything like that. That's the test. Yeah. If you're standing in that moment where you're debating on whether or not you should go forward or go backwards, that's the test. There should be a huge sign going, all right, this is my moment. All else fails. It's falling apart, man. Be brave. You know what that means? Just stand there. Just take it. Take it. Take it. I love it. Amen. Well, Vince, brother, I, I sir, you are... Beyond an inspiration yeah, to great, us, we, yeah, this is one of the best shows I believe we've ever had. The work Thank you're you. doing out there with all those kids, all those companies, all those people, how you represent the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles, and most importantly, you and your family is so honorable and so admirable that, sir, I, I hope, you know, man, I, I can do it half as well as you because if I do that, then I'll be doing it well, brother. Yeah. Well, you're doing pretty good. And if I can, I'd like to, there, there's our, my book that's out with my yeah. buddy Danny Franks, so, you know, guy, the, the, the Michigan guy, we wrote a book called The Last Laugh, and Mark Wahlberg writes the forward in it, and we talk about vision, valor, vehemence, vitality, and, and victory, and we have a victor's code, and you can get it on Amazon.com, keyword, last laugh. Uh, vision to victory. So um, it's out there. And, and man, it's what we are all talking about. And and we have people that have given their stories to us that come from all walks of life that took it from there to there. And it's vision to victory. So and that, that's what it's about. Ooh. Hey, guys, I, I can't begin to imagine. Where, to where tell else, you Vince, where I, else, where else can people follow you? Where, where can they find you? Do you what's your website and your Instagram page? Tell us where that is. Okay, cool. Yeah. My website's vincepapawe.com, uh, of course. Um, uh, Instagram is uh, Vince Papawi eighty three and uh, Twitter eighty three Invincible and uh, you you connect up with me you connect up with me on LinkedIn I never turn anybody to, uh, anybody away I think and uh, just, <laughs> I, I, I will connect up with you and I keep you there but it's uh, Invincible eighty three Twitter Vince Papawi uh, Facebook you know I'm out there you can just get it to me anyway and then uh, a, a Vince Papawi eighty three for Instagram but you know what it, it's it's just it, isn't it great to be in a position we're in right now. Amen. And make a difference. And, awesome. and, that's, and that's, that's for sure. That's the beauty of it all. That's why we're put on this earth. 
Amen. Well, sir, yep. thank you. God bless you. God bless your family. And brother, next time we're in Philly, I, I know I'm looking you up. We'll go out for that beer, buddy. Oh, yeah. Man, I'll be pissed. Hey, hey, guys, smile. I'm going to send this picture to Vinny. Say, hey, one, two, three. You got it. All right. All right. Love it. All right. Awesome. So, uh, hey, guys, thank you. Yep. Take sure. care. Thank God you, bless you. Go USA. Go USA. Always. Marcus, you know what I love the most about dudes from Philly is like when you think about when you listen to them talk, it's just like they're just hanging out in the neighborhood, right? Always. Yeah. It, it's in never the moment, in the moment. Yeah, it's never like I great storytellers. Just, yeah. And there's never there's never like it's just they're hanging out. No matter if they're in front never of Never a dull them, moment. No ever, matter what's happening. Ever, dude. That's I, cool I, life, I, man. That, that. <laughs> And he's Those a, are my favorite movies to watch when they portray that type of life. Totally. The underdogs from that, the Rocky Balboas, yeah, the Vince Papali. I, I dig that, man. What was also really cool about him is, you know, and this just blows my mind. A dude, you know, I, I, I played football for 14 years, man, and and for him to never have played a down of football in college to walk on and play at 30 years old in the NFL is insane. That's incredible. Like, like, like we said in the intro, you know, he was never a superstar, but the stuff that his accomplishments in space, just a naturally ultra gifted athlete. Hey, they made a movie about it. Talented man. They made a movie about it. They did, right? They told it. With Mark, too. With Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you get a movie made about you, one thing, but if it's with Mark, it's it's a big deal. (laughs) I had to do what they get. You know, I was out there with a team to get that done. Yeah, right. He did it by himself. (laughs) He did it by himself, right? (laughs) A teacher. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Well, I I just think Vince is such an incredibly motivating dude, too, right? He's just a down to earth guy that had a dream. He, you know, he he had Isn't a shot. Isn't you want to go back, go back to be a teacher now? That, you know, cool, right? Teacher like that. Well, he works with well, a truckload what, of kids. That's what he's doing, right? Yeah. I mean, he works with a, a truckload of, of kids, dude. So, well, I just, man, Vince, you're the man. If if you just listen to this show, one, if you're from Philly, we love you. I know you're gonna dig this show. All my buddies from Penn State. Please listen to this, right? For from the East Coast, mm. you're gonna. But I don't give a damn where you are. If you play football, you don't. Man, this show was awesome. If you're a first time listener, thank you for joining us. What a treat you just got, man! Epic. If you're a repeat offender, <laughs> man, thank you. Absolutely. Right. I mean, they keep coming back, Marcus. That's amazing. They keep coming back, Wizards. Like I said, we got a great guest. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it ain't us. It ain't us. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't us. I know. I know. I like to think sometimes it is. Yeah, I go yeah. in my little fantasy world, my invincible world, that it's actually me, but it ain't. All right. If you want to know more about what we're doing, why we're doing, and how we're doing, go to TNQPodcast.com. 
Check it out. If you've got an amazing never quit story, please throw it up on the website. Submit it. Even if it's not yours, tell your story about your brother, your sister, your aunt, somebody down in from the neighborhood on the block. You know, tell those stories because we want to hear them. We're creating this incredible community, this incredible team of never quitters with these phenomenal stories. So submit those. We love having them. We read them almost every show. If they're great, we read them you know we're posting them all if they're really good we're gonna read them on a show if they're awesome marcus coming on you're coming on and and next recording session here we do we're gonna have a guest listener uh come on and tell their story all right listen here is the deal we have swag we have gear oh, that's have more swag than others oh that's <laughs> <laughs> we have Team Never Quit Podcast T-shirts. Yes, Just we go do. to the website. You'll see our beautiful model faces modeling all these shirts and the rest of our merch, man. You will love it. Check it out. Buy it. Support the team. Uh, dig it. Um, hey, you asked for it. We got it. You asked for it. We got it. All While right. they last. While they last, because they're going to go hot, baby. They're going hot. All right. If you also have any questions. I can't believe I'm saying this, but if you call in in the next two minutes. (laughs) We got to One of these days we're going to do live shows and do that. Yeah, we need to just find the corniest one that we can find and and go to work with that one. Oh, that's coming (laughs) soon for sure. If you got questions you want to ask us, there's a place on the website to do that. You can shoot in your own questions that we could ask during our guests during the Mad Minute. That's a lot of fun to do. Um, if you want to follow us, we got some new social media uh, people on board. The Wizard himself. Mm. Wizard, what's your social media? Search for the Wizard TNQ. Search for the Wizard TNQ you'll and you'll it. find him. You can also find the official TNQ podcast Instagram page at TNQ Podcast. I'm at, at Team Frog Logic. And of course, Mr. Never Quit himself is at Marcus Luttrell. All right, baby. I just got to say, if you want to listen to us, you can find us on the website. Download right off there, tnqpodcast.com. On iTunes, of course, right? Go to your little iTunes podcasting app. It's the purple one on your phone. Open it up. Go to your little search engine. All you got to do is type in team. We're the first thing that comes up. Subscribe, and you can have us on demand morning, noon, or night when you're driving into work, when you're driving home from work, when you're getting ready to work out, With uh, if you want to listen with your kids, if you're out hiking in the woods, if you're trying out for an NFL team, listen to our show. It'll get you super fired up because it's filled with amazing guests, amazing never-quit stories. As one of our listeners put it, grotesquely motivating. Yeah, it's grotesquely motivating. <laughs> we are grotesquely motivating. All right. Thank you so much uh, to God, Christ, my girls, my family, the sunshine. I want to thank my friends and family. I want to thank all the people who listen to this show without you. We would be nothing. We wouldn't exist. So thank you. I want to thank you, Vince. Vince, God bless you, brother. We love you. Thank you so much for all that you have done and all that you are do- doing, teaching people to be invincible. I dig it. Uh, and I want to thank you too, man. Thank you Absolutely. so much. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate the effort. I appreciate all that you do. And I love doing the show with you cats. Thank you. Right back at you, bud. Vince, man, that was amazing. It was uh Mark loves you, man, and, and uh, 
I was really excited to meet you and so hear your cool. story. It was, man. So thank you again for coming on here and, and, and doing what you do. And to everybody who keeps bringing us back, man, we can't thank you guys enough. It truly is an honor and a blessing to be up here and to uh, and bring these guests on and, and to connect everybody the way we're doing it and building this team one person at a time. Thank you all for that. I'm out. Out. Day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.